Hello and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now and then we talk about them. I am the fiancé. And I'm Drew. And we are here to talk about our trip up to Edinburgh for the uh, Fringe Festival. Why did you pronounce it like that? Is that not how it's pronounced? Edinburgh? Edinburgh. Edinburgh? We're here to talk about the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. <laughs> Which, yes, uh, finished a few days ago when we were up there uh, a couple of weeks ago. We have unfortunately had a very tough few weeks. We've been through some very difficult personal circumstances, mm -hmm. which delayed us talking about our experiences and has changed the scheduling that we're going to talk about because we're not okay. But we're getting better and we were going to talk about the amazing show by Rob Madge my son's a queer but what can you do mm -hmm. after the past few weeks uh with what we've been through there's parts of this show that made us emotional anyway but after after the personal circumstances, it just feels too insurmountable and too personal a show to talk about right now for, for both of us, for, for many a reason. It was easily a five-star show. It was one of the most thought-provoking, beautiful pieces of theatre I have ever seen. And we will find a way to talk about it eventually, I'm sure. But in the meantime, we it's going to be going to the Garrick Theatre in London. If you haven't seen this show yet, you need to go out of your way to make it to the Garrick Theatre on the West End to see it in its very limited run. We are going to be talking about a show that we did see that we absolutely loved. A show that you wanted to see three years ago when you last went up to the Fringe. Three years ago. And you couldn't because it was consistently sold out. Yeah, completely, completely sold out. Which was my mistake. I thought I could just rock up on the day and get tickets to see something like two hours before it was due to start. Yeah. Which I would not recommend doing unless you're going to go to the specific theatre and ask if there are any cancellations or if you just wait to see if nobody shows up or not nobody but somebody doesn't show up and they want to just fill the seat anyway yes but yes I did not get the chance to see unfortunate three years ago when I was at the fringe and this year I was like we're going yeah we booked three shows in advance we'd originally planned for three days at the Fringe. We only managed two in the end because our flight got cancelled initially on the first morning. So we got an evening flight, luckily got up there and luckily didn't impact any shows we'd booked. We booked for Rob Madge. We booked for the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee and we booked for Unfortunate. We, I mean, we had a great time up in Edinburgh. I loved the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Yeah, we had a great time seeing that. We were both selected as spellers. Yep. And someone did better than the other. Yeah. That being Drew, mm -hmm. you you basically got right through to the, the bit where they just throw spellings at you until you can't spell no longer. Yep, pretty much. 
and I was the first one out, mm-hmm. which was utterly brilliant. We saw the wonderful Murder, She Didn't Write improv show by Degrees of Error, which I had a brilliant time seeing that one. That was a spur of the moment decision to see it as we had a free afternoon. I loved it. Yeah. They took my suggestion of a uh, inflatable unicorn horn as the murder weapon, mm-hmm. which made me feel very validated. But we also, maybe the, the, the highlight of your trip, we got to go to a, a cafe. We got to go to the Edinburgh Chihuahua Cafe, which was just the best, most relaxing thing I've ever done in my life. Which, funny enough, was the first place we met a musical personality. Yeah, because one of the dogs there, one of the Chihuahuas, is a professional bruiser in Legally Blonde, which is the cutest thing ever. If you are ever in Edinburgh, please take the opportunity to book in to go to the Chihuahua Cafe. It was so great. You literally go in and sit down and these Chihuahuas just come and hang out with you. And sit on your lap while you have a cup of tea. And it was just, oh my God. It was honestly, I think, like the most therapeutic thing I've ever done. And I say that as somebody in therapy. Yeah. But, oh my God, I need a chihuahua in my life. (laughs) Absolutely. And and this is the thing is, I was like, I did it because I knew you would love it. Mm -hmm. I was skeptical because I was worried about the well-being of the animals with these places. But like the safety of the dogs is paramount here and it was great because before the dogs were even introduced yeah very clear rules very clear guidelines to make sure that they are safe it's not for our benefits for theirs mm-hmm. you can find them on uh, instagram just type in edinburgh chihuahua cafe and if you're up in the area you absolutely should go because it was amazing oh definitely uh, we were very, very lucky that we did get to meet Rob Madge after their show. Mm-hmm. And they were just delightful. And that felt really awesome. And we also met the writer of this show. Yes, we did. We had the absolute pleasure of bumping into one of the two writers of this show, Daniel Fox, who some people might recognise from his TikToks and his uh, stand-up as well. If we we weren't already booked, we would have gone and made sure we checked his stand-up show out as well. Oh, yeah, because he had a show that evening, I think. It was at, like, 10 o'clock, but we didn't... We were already... Well, we stayed in Glasgow, so we needed to go home. Unfortunately, we'd booked a train. How appropriate. Unfortunate. Yes, indeed. But we also got to see Robin Grant in the show. Yes. Because we, we were supposed to see the original actor who plays Ursula... Uh, but unfortunately, again, unfortunate, uh, she was not able to be in that performance. So we got to see Robin Grant, which was really, really cool. It must be very, very affirming to star in your own show, well, <laughs> like sing your own lyrics that you helped write. And well, it's like when we saw Six and you told me that you'd seen Toby Marlowe perform. Mm-hmm. in the role it seems to be a running trend for you to have these like amazing versions of the shows i, yeah, I did pretty well i did not know anything about unfortunate going into this one i think you'd sold it to me as 
it's essentially the Little Mermaid with Wicked. Mm-hmm. And then for me, the other thing I, I put the connection with is, is very much uh, like what Starkid did with Twisted, that it's a Disney adaptation showing the villain side. Yeah. This was a cut down edited festival version. So it's not the full show that has been on in London. So it's 70 minutes. We queued to make sure we got to the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously with the Udderbelly Theatre, it was all non-allocated seating. So we were desperate to see the front and we queued and got those front row seats. Yeah. And I'm so glad we did. Mm, me too. Like I, I, I knew going into this one, I was going to have fun. Mostly because I like Wicked, I love Twisted. I thought this was going to hit everything that I wanted it to. But I didn't think I was going to have as much fun as we did. Mm-hmm. What were your initial thoughts by Unfortunate? After watching it or in advance? In advance, I guess. Like, what did you know about it? So having... When I w- wanted to see it three years ago... It was just because I saw the posters. My brother was actually in a Fringe show at the time and he said he'd seen the posters for it. He couldn't get tickets to see it. If I could get tickets, I should go and see it because he'd heard amazing things. So that sort of did it for me. I was like, oh, okay, if he says it's really good, I'll probably like it. I We obviously have talked about Twisted before. That's basically all the information I got was like, it's like Wicked and Twisted except it's The Little Mermaid and it's all from Ursula's perspective, which I think is the easiest way to get me to watch something. Yep. <laughs> to be like, oh yeah, it's this like parody of these things. And yeah, there's a lot I didn't know about it, I discovered. So from watching it, there's a lot you then went on to learn. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So I, I didn't know it was going to be inappropriate for child audiences. Did you not? No, I didn't. I I purposely didn't look up anything about this because I didn't want to be spoiled for anything. That's absolutely fair enough. It's one of those shows I think is better when you go into it and you absolutely have no idea what you are about to see. Mm -hmm. It's just like... And I think this is the thing is you you kind of get a sense in the poster it does look a little like child friendly because because it's just a picture of Ursula. Ursula which is great I know that you know if you look on the website for the fringe it does say age category 14 and above however it does say babies do not require a ticket and that's for children under two years mm-hmm. now this show is probably not one that you should take your children to Definitely do not take your kids to this. I did see outside as we were going in that they had a sign up that said it was inappropriate for child audiences. And well, basically not to bring your kids in. And what song was playing, Danny, as we walked in to see this show? WAP. Yep. So if that didn't make it clear, like... <laughs> if that didn't make it clear, then, you know, that's on you. In the same way that it then had the Nicki Minaj like remix of... I like big butts and I cannot lie. <laughs> uh, it, it does have as well a warning on the website that says strong language and swearing. But if you 
look at the description for this, I do think it's pretty clear. You know, it comes down to doing your research first before you see a show mm-hmm. and then signing if it's appropriate. So the description reads as follows. Disney villain, Octawoman, plus size icon. From multi-award winning Fat Rascal Theatre and fresh from sellout runs around the UK comes its critically acclaimed hit parody musical. Unfortunate splashes into Edinburgh with a 70-minute festival version and things are going to get wet. Join everyone's favourite Disney diva, Ursula, as she gives her take on what really happened all those years ago under the sea. With an original hot pop soundtrack and trademark filthy humour, the legendary queer queen is ready to spill in this tell-all tale of sex, sorcery and suckers. Mm-hmm. Now, that sells the show to me immediately. Oh yeah, for sure. So, very, very excited... We go into the Udderbelly, which was really fun, you know, like this inflatable giant theater, cow. Yeah. Giant cow. I loved it. And yes, we're met with WAP. And the show starts and we are in for 70 minutes of solid laughter, mm-hmm. like laughing to the point of tears. Yep. We're not going to go through everything in this show because it's obviously not as well known and also fairly new. It's three years old, but still, I think this is a show you should absolutely check out if it comes on a tour near you or if you're in London and you see it performing because it's utterly hilarious. Mm -hmm. We both had some favourite moments that since that point we have constantly talked about but i think we should start by talking about my favorite disney princess and possibly your new favorite disney princess ursula squares no kirsty the <laughs> the sea cucumber princess sure i love that ursula's surname is ursula squares i feel like that's the isn't that also squidward's surname no his his surname's tentacles He's Squidward Tentacles. Oh, no. It's the one from Finding Nemo. The little pink octopus is called Squirt. Yeah. Cool. That's where it is from. But yes, so (laughs) we meet a few different princesses in this musical. Obviously, we have Ursula, who is a princess of the... I don't know if she's a princess. I don't think... She's like the representative from... Diplomatic ambassador. Yes. Um, from the octopus tribe people. And then you have Athena, who is the mermaid princess, who yes. we know, obviously, is, if you've watched all the Little Mermaid films, is Ariel's mum. Yeah. Then you have... They make reference to a couple of other ones, like you have the crustacean princess and the coral princess and stuff like that. But then you have Prince Triton's best friend and confidant, Kirsty. The sea cucumber princess, which is a actual cucumber wearing a tutu. And it's brilliant. And we'll talk about Kirsty's arc a little bit in this. (laughs) I've never had such a visceral response in a theatre before as that of Kirsty, the sea cucumber princess. I the only way I can describe it is if you were somebody who went to the like opening night 
or didn't have any spoilers for the final Twilight film. Yes. You know that moment where everybody starts dying and you're in the audience and everyone's like, what? This isn't in the books. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. That, that is what shot. happened. Sat in this theatre in this giant inflatable upside down carol with Kirsty the Cucumber Princess. So we start off at the end. Ursula comes out, introduces us with Nasty. Mm-hmm. and basically explains that there's more to the story. You're wondering how I'm alive. Yep. Well, let me tell you, but we've got to go far, far back. And Ursula is passionate about the future of the sea, is aware that oil pollution, plastic pollution is destroying the sea. So goes to Atlantica. Is that where it is? Or is it Atlantis? Is it just Atlantis? No, it's Atlantica. Atlantica. That's what it's called. Uh on a mission there mm-hmm. to appeal to the king and Prince Triton that a change needs to be made. Mm-hmm. And this is at like a kind of ceremony where everyone is presenting themselves because Prince Triton must take a suitor. Yes, he needs a wife. The actor playing the king was brilliant. I can't actually see the, the credit for who played that character because I can't actually see that character's name. I thought it was the same actor who played Eric. Yes, you've said that to me, so I'm willing but to... But it could fully have not been. It could have been the guy who played Scuttle. Yeah, I think it was Scuttle or Eric. So it was either Jamie Mawson or Jack Gray. Oh, we haven't talked about who plays Ariel in this We'll talk yet. about that in a moment when we get to Ariel, because that really hit me after the show when you told me. Mm-hmm. I I love, you know, the kind of representation of prince triton who looks very like aquaman yeah and i thought george witty Mm -hmm. had such an amazing voice Mm, he was great like some of the songs where it becomes really like operatic it's just gorgeous Mm. and like the dynamic with his dad shows that like doomed eternal circle that he has a bad relationship with his dad so he will then have a bad relationship with ariel We have this kind of idea of, like, you know, everything in Atlantic is supposed to be pretty. We want the best. And even even when Ursula stands up to present herself, people are heckling her because she's ugly, she's repulsive. But Triton is immediately taken. Yes. Which leads to a one-night love affair. But Triton immediately is like, no, I'm I'm going, she's, she's my bride. Mm-hmm. Now, I always thought in most parody things, it was kind of generally accepted. And maybe this is Twisted's effect on me. Triton and Ursula were brother and sister. I prefer this. Yeah, so in... It's actually not in any of the films. In the second Little Mermaid film, which is the one about her daughter... Return to the Sea. Yes, it's revealed that Ursula has a sister. Yes. Um, Who's like very gothic, very emo. No, she's just like skinny Ursula. Yeah, but she's got like it's less fun. Stylish. She has a shark. Cool. And she's not stylish. She's super ugly. Like she's she's not as, as cool bad as, Ursula as Atlantica. Is. No, but she's not designed to be cool. No, she isn't. Like there's when you think about the Little Mermaid, like the reason why Ariel is like, oh, I can trust this lady, is because Ursula is a babe. And oh no, just I'm seeing so this cool. now. Like I'm definitely wrong. She. 
she definitely is not designed the way I remember. No, her. whereas the one in Return to the Sea, there's no reason why a child would do what this woman says because she's scary. Yeah, no, she absolutely is terrifying. Yeah. She looks like um, the evolved form of Inke. <laughs> yeah. So when they made the stage show of The Little Mermaid, starring a very young Sierra Burgess at the time, they added in a couple of songs that revealed that Ursula was also royalty. She's King Triton's sister. And um, there's a lyric about how Triton got the trident. That's really difficult to say. Yeah, Triton King got Triton's the trident. trident. And Ursula got the magic shell and half the sea as well. So that's the point. They they are half and half of the ocean, whereas their father ruled the whole ocean, Neptune. But in this version, they're not related at all. And they don't know each other before meeting at this party thing, which is, I like, I think I like it better. I do. I, I, I feel like this is a much better like origin. Mm-hmm. However, the plot of the stage of The Little Mermaid focuses more on um, Ursula being like, well, let's show this idiot girl how difficult it is to be a woman without a voice, which yes. is like Ursula's own trauma, which is that like she doesn't have a voice in this kingdom. So, Which is very it, much carried over here that Ursula doesn't have a voice, but that's because of the way she looks. Yes, whereas in this version it's because Triton is a sexist which yes. is super interesting so we have it here that ursula and triton very much fall in love overnight and triton tells his dad and his dad's like no you can't she's ugly mm-hmm. um we we need something we need and we, we need a, a queen who people want to admire so triton says he's going to leave yeah so his father needs to come up with a plan to break them up Mm -hmm. like he's going to split them in half essentially you're a bad person (laughs) so coincidentally he stumbles across Kirsty, the sea cucumber princess and he knows how much Kirsty means to triton Mm -hmm. take his best friend yeah it's it's triton's confidant so he grabs Kirsty the Sea Cucumber Princess, lifts her high atop his head, and brings his arms down, and he snaps her in half. Yeah, and the whole audience just lost it. It was like, great. Stunned silence. It and wasn't even. There was like an audible gasp through the audience, and then absolute silence in the theatre. Yes, yeah. and it was brilliant. And then Triton's dad goes up, and he's put some eyeshadow on to make it look, you know, on on, on Kirsty's corpse. Mm-hmm. And frames Ursula. And of course, Triton believes his father. And Ursula gets banished. Yeah. And we pick up back in the future. And we learn how difficult life is in exile. Mm -hmm. We get one of the most amazing songs in this show. We didn't make it to Disney. Yes. I adore this song so much. This was so funny. And a bunch of the songs from this are on Spotify already. You can go and listen to them. Yes. Not all of them are. No, and I think some of them are ones that weren't in the version we saw. Yeah, but this one was on there. We didn't make it to Disney. And it is the... What are Ursula's sidekicks? Eels? Yeah, they're eels. Flotsam and Jetsam. 
Yeah, so you've got them, you've got an anglerfish, yeah. which funnily enough isn't a Pixar film, but only as a villain. Yeah. And a shark. the shark, the shark is so good. Oh my yes. God. But there's one more. There's something, oh, it's one of those blind yeah. worm fish yeah. things, which yeah, are super creepy looking, but it's all about how they're not pretty enough to be in a Disney film or be in the Disney parks, basically. Yeah, and the puppets are so beautifully designed. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, utterly brilliant. And this song is great. Uh, you had some particular lyrics you liked. I, I Yeah, I absolutely loved this song. If you haven't, you should go to Spotify right now pause our show and listen to we didn't make it to disney it is a very upbeat song it's just triumphant and uh, and a great time mm-hmm. we've met sebastian at this point as well we have a... in what was just an excellent intro because we have ali dart is playing sebastian mm-hmm. and as she makes her way onto the stage she is speaking in, in sebastian's accent which has been criticized anyway for this film so as she comes out speaking in the sebastian like faux jamaican-esque accent uh ursula turns to her and stops her and says no no you know when i think about it i think the crab was actually irish and so for the rest of the show ali dart does an an irish-ish accent <laughs> yeah we, we we stop we pause with a, a second for ali to get in character it's like stop demanding to you you know and, and does like a, a voice yeah. and then, okay i've got it i've got it got let's it, keep got going <laughs> so we have this brilliant bit and triton comes back and he has a favor for ursula oh yeah and she's like oh you show up after 20 years having banished me now you want me to do a favor for you and your child, who should have been our child. But yes. okay, good luck with that. Essentially, he wants Ursula to help turn Ariel into a queen. Because like him, his t- when his dad was nearing the end of like his reign, he needs to be ready. He's nearing the end of his reign, he needs Ariel to be ready. Because mm-hmm. all of his other children have died. Yes. One of them was choked by a plastic bag. One of them has been hunted. One of them died in an oil spill. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wants Ariel to be made queen, but she's just not interested. And Ursula only agrees to help if the banishment is revoked. Mm-hmm. And she tries to negotiate and she's like, and I'll eat the crab. <laughs> and I can eat the crab. And he's like, no. But they make a deal and Ursula comes up with a plan. And essentially the whole plot of The Little Mermaid, it's now revealed, is all about getting Ariel to take responsibility and be ready to become the Queen of Atlantica. Yes. So we meet Ariel. We do. And she has just... I mean... What's the... Oh... Okay, I'm going to call it singing in the rain syndrome. Yes. Which is that Ariel in this show is being played by Miracle Chance. Yes, who I is know. gorgeous. Oh my God, and such a phenomenal performer. If you haven't already, go back and listen to us talk about Be More Chill from last August. Mm-hmm. Miracle Chance was Christine. 
Yes, in Be More Chill. And was utterly amazing. I didn't even twig. Mm-hmm. It was the same person until after the show and you were like, Danny, that was Miracle Chance. Like, that's how talented she is. Yeah. I think, uh, you compare it to Lena Lamont mm-hmm. with the voice. I feel like it's Eliza Doolittle pre-Henry Higgins. It's more Towie than that, Yeah, sure. So we meet Ariel, and Ariel has this twang to her voice. Mm-hmm. She's a little bit common. She's a dit. She... Still collects human things. She does collect human stuff, but it's things like Cosmo and, like, trashy, in yeah. air quotes, stuff, rather than... Dingle the, like, Yeah, that she's collecting originally. So... And you have Scuttle talking to her about, like, human stuff as well. But again, it's the weird human stuff that's in this version, not the human stuff. Now, what would you say is Ariel's motivation in this? What is she driven by? You want me to say it? (laughs) I feel like you are going to do a better job of this on a PG show than I am. (laughs) Sure. All right. So we establish... um, which is going to cause me to ask some questions later on, actually. But we established that in this version of The Little Mermaid, male mermaids don't have external genitalia. Yes. I think that's the nicest way of putting yes. it. Yes. And so Ariel wants to be where... The D. The Dinglehoppers are. Yes. <laughs> and we get a brilliant, pitch-perfect parody of part of your world mm-hmm. uh, where the, somewhere that's wet yeah well Ariel sings about how she longs to be where the dingle hoppers are mm-hmm. I'm sure you can substitute dingle hoppers with the word we actually mean <laughs> yeah um, she and, sings about how uh, under the sea like you don't get any of it this is really hard to talk about without being rude on PG she wants to be where people flop around on land. Is this the bit where we get the brilliant statue? Yeah, so a statue is brought onto the stage and it's her Prince Eric statue, except this one, I believe, is David. Yeah. It's the statue of David, I think. And we see it from behind initially and it's got like a mossy bum, which is funny. Which is funny, but what it, what it has is it's got like a little handle yes. on its butt. And so it's, but it's, they've covered it with moss. So it's not like really, really obvious, but he's also mostly covered with a sheet. It's like a (laughs) a robe kind of thing. And there is a moment where Ariel pulls the robe off and presses the handle down and. um, Well, it's turned around and we see that this statue is packing Mm -hmm. and what's packing goes up and down as Ariel is like shocked, but like amazed at this dingle hopper. Mm-hmm. And it was brilliant, like lots of laughs. Like, I just think Miracle Chance is a phenomenal, like, performer with the best comic timing. Yeah. You see it with Be More Chill, but you also see it here. And just, Ariel's a character could get really annoying, mm-hmm. but also is a character that could upset people because, like, Little Mermaid is quite sacred and you're poking fun at this character. I don't think it ever comes across that way because of how talented she is, but how good the writing is. Yeah. 
we also meet Prince Eric, who I've once dressed as for like Halloween costume. Yeah, I know. It's very annoying. (laughs) But this version of Prince Eric, like he's not a prince I feel people are particularly precious about. He's kind of one note. He plays his flute and... He's kind of an idiot, Prince Eric. And so that's obviously hammed up to the extreme in yes. this version and he, like all he wants to do is play his little flute yes and you know they go through the storm and all he cares about is his little flute yeah he has a specific um i think it's like a little tubey grip on the yes. side of his trouser leg that his flute tucks into and yeah. into his boots eric is also packing yes and we have his cute dog oh my god that puppet was amazing right, it was essentially a mop yeah, but, but oh, like it was the dog is so essentially cute. a mop yeah so Eric crashes and Ariel rescues him mm-hmm. and is very drawn to his face, but then looks down and notices that he's packing and her mouth agape, her eyes wide. She reprises where the dingle hoppers are yep. and she's in love. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Like she knows what she wants and she is going to get it. Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> so Ursula comes back in and... You know, we have a, a nice, you know, I really like the moments of narration with Ursia coming in telling us a story. This and is like, where my favourite quote comes in, but I don't know whether I can say it on this or not. Say it, and if not, I'll cut it. Ursula, because she's doing this in hindsight, this is all narration from yes. the, from future Ursula, saying that, you know, the heart wants what it wants, and I guess some people just don't enjoy orgasms. <laughs> and she looks at me dead in the eyes. <laughs> yeah, we're in the front row for this show. Yeah. It was great. Robin Grant was brilliant as Ursula. Like, don't mm. get me wrong. I'd have loved to have seen Elliot Williams Nadur. But, like, the mannerisms, the voice. The fact that the entire front row got flirted with, regardless of gender. Oh, absolutely. And I also got squirted by a, a phallic fish during one song. Yes, you I did. I think that was um, where the dingle, dingle hoppers are. I love that we're calling it that. That is not what the title of that song is. No, but I'm sure you can think of what D we're substituting with Dingle Hoppers. Mm-hmm. That one's not on Spotify, unfortunately, but I would be so here for it. Like, give me a full like recording of every single song for this show, please and thank you. Mm-hmm. Ariel goes and meets Ursula and is all like, Ugh, you're so ugly. Like really not interested yeah Ursula basically is like I know what we can do I know how you will absolutely make this man fall in love with you you've got to give me that beautiful voice of yours I think the crowd breathes a collective sigh of relief and yeah <laughs> especially when she sings that wow yeah because it's not it's on purpose not great oh yeah 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 like because Miracle Chant is a phenomenal singer and we get to that point where she's back up on land mm-hmm uh, she's kind of watching this through Flotsam and Jetsam's eyes and is like, yes, we've got this. Everything's going well. We see the flirtations between Eric and Ariel. Mm-hmm. Eric, very into her. Ariel has her gaze fixed. Yes. She's also wearing the iconic sail dress at yep. this point, which yep. we love. Yes, she is. And I've seen some great live action versions of that dress as well. Yeah, feel like we're onto a winner here. Ursula's plan's going well. She's going to realise that Eric is, like, not much going on up there. Mm-hmm. And 
she will realize you know she wants more yeah she goes to update triton on the plan things seem to be going swimmingly and then we get the uh substitute song for kiss the girl yeah which is a lot of fun that you see that which is the consent song i love this one yes sebastian also sebastian's costume is incredible oh yeah um she has this little bowler Bowler. hat that has the antenna on which is just great and castanets to click clack while it's like a nice red suit like he does Mm -hmm. look like triton's butler yeah but so the song is um you better ask her now before you kiss the girl which is really funny and really like like, spot on like i like it when you get shows like this have some very serious commentary but they manage to weave it in in a fun like relief way Mm -hmm. you know it's not undermining the issue i feel like it's doing a really good job being like no this is something we should talk about what i like is that what we see in the little mermaid film is obviously the flirtations between both of them between eric and ariel Mm -hmm. we know that flotsam and jets are there because they're keeping an eye on it but we didn't see the flirtations between triton and ursula yeah because that's happening at the same time yes and triton's like oh yeah i realize and she's like oh did you miss that thing that we used to do Mm -hmm. and there's a nice bit in the song where like the dances get so muddled so then triton's dancing with eric and it's very gay yeah it's just like oh hello and ursula and ariel have to go reclaim their men it's like "What's, what's going on and it's a really, really, really great little Apparently sequence. Apparently all mermaids. Merpeople? Merfolk. Yeah. Merfolk. All merfolk are into Eric. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you be? I think Ursula's more my tribe. Yeah. Everything seems going swimmingly. Uh, and Eric's like, right, I can move on to the next phase of my plan. She has to realise that Eric is, like, fickle. Mm-hmm. so I'm going to turn myself into someone, make Eric fall in love with me, Eric will be heartbroken, she'll return to the sea. Perfect. I love the transformation sequence. Because I thought they were just going to, like, take off, uh, like, the Ursula costume from Robin Grant, and she'd just be ready to go up on stage. Mm-hmm. But instead we have... Somebody else comes on and they are now Ursula. But human Ursula. No, it's it's Ali. Oh, it's Ali. Dart. It's Sebastian. Yeah, he's also fantastic. It's Vanessa. Cool. So yes, we have Vanessa, and I like this the way that they're singing together and they're in sync. Like this is a really brilliant moment. Mm-hmm. And like Eric is immediately smitten. Is like I'm getting married today. Vanessa does the similar sort of voice to ariel where it's like the high-pitched girly because when she's trying out voices she's like oh no this is a bit deep yeah for this boy but yes in the meantime triton is doing some soul searching mm-hmm. and of course the one place he goes is to his his confidant his best friend kirsty the sea cucumber princess oh my god i forgot about this and we get her little grave and he's her like, grave just says kirsty on it it's so funny it's just like did i make a mistake i'm still in love with her and Kirsty's ghost appears to him and does this brilliant ballet mm-hmm. and basically reveals the truth to Triton that your dad did this, Ursula's innocent. Yep. And in the meantime as well, I can't remember how this has happened. Ursula has sin, Flotsam and Jetsam. Yep. Killed. And that moment's really sad again when like the puppets are laid down. 
Mm-hmm. So now Ursha's angry because not only is she doing someone a favour, she's lost people that mean something to her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole audience sort of... Again, it's like a very similar reaction to um, when Kirsty died. Yeah. So we were all really upset about Flotsam and Jetsam. But again, that's why we didn't make it to Disney. It's such a great number. Mm-hmm. And like they, they speak with these German accents and they're flirting with like Triton as well. Mm-hmm. It's very House of Holbein. Yeah. Triton tries to speak reason to Ursula. It's like, I know the truth. And Ursula's not hearing anything at this point because she's reached that kind of like, you don't care about me, whatever. And we reach that conclusion, about to get married, Ariel, like, fights for her man. Mm-hmm. And Ursula turns giant, and I love the way they oh, have Oh, they little... have Eric, Ariel, and... The captain. The captain, which I think is also Ali Dark. Yeah. Um, holding a mini version of the ship and they just run round and then eventually it's just Eric who runs and stabs. But like at this point, Triton's been like, no, I know the truth now. I know, And she's like, no, but I promised you a queen. I promised you a queen. Because Ariel's even at this point, is like, no, I still want him. You disgusting sea creature. And she's like, oh God. And Triton's like, yeah, you can be my queen. Mm-hmm. Then the debt's paid. And Ursula's like, she always knew that was what we're Yes, doing. there's a line at, right at the end of the show. Before it finishes, where Sebastian says, isn't it good that your contract was so vague that it just requires a queen and it never said anything about it being Ariel? And us just like, yeah, what a coincidence. Yep. <laughs> Which is great. It's very funny. So she fakes her death because this ship was never going to kill her. Mm-hmm. We turn Ariel into a human. Yep. So she's not a problem anymore. And as she whisks Eric off stage... There's this great moment where she pulls his pants down. You see his exposed his derriere. His whole butt. It was great. And again, Ariel's eyes light up and we're like, we know what that little mermaid is getting up to tonight. Mm-hmm. And then we see Triton and Ursula. Live happily ever after. Live happily ever after. My favourite thing is the little prop babies they oh have. Oh my God, the little merbabies. They're so cute. Yeah. That take a bit of, a little bit of her, a little bit yeah. of him. You know, and we have this really triumphant ending. I want to see this again, but I also want to see the full version. Mm-hmm. Like, how how has this got around, like, the Disney intellectual property? Is this something that could ever have, like, a more permanent residence or a proper touring production? Or is it always going to be a sort of show that is smaller scale but attracts huge audiences? Yeah. Because parody law can only cover it so far. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. You know, because this is such, such a fun piece of theatre and so cleverly written. Yeah. So obviously we've got the book and lyrics, Robin Grant, who also directs this, as well as stars as Ursula. Book and lyrics, Robin Grant, Daniel Fox. The music, Tim Gilvin, like, loved the music. Yeah. We have the band on stage as well, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. It's just an app. Absolutely brilliant show. Yeah. It feels really difficult. Who would you say is your MVP? I don't know. I don't think I can pick just one person. I The puppets. That's what I pick. I am going to go with Robin Grant as my MVP. Mm-hmm. Simply because, obviously, director. 
one of the very talented writers and also the cover for this show. Mm -hmm. We don't know at what point she was told you're, you're performing today. We were delayed going in. Mm -hmm. Like the show was delayed by about 15 minutes. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was a very quick thing. So to go on and do that show under those circumstances, I think is amazing. Yeah. I think the whole cast were utterly brilliant. You know, I really loved uh, George Whitty. I thought like his voice and his presence as Triton were great. Miracle Chance, just phenomenal. As always. Yep. Ali Dart and Sebastian, like brilliant. Mm -hmm. I really loved Jamie Mawson as Eric as well. You know, again, I don't think the joke ever went too far. Yeah, I really liked Idiot Boy Eric. It was so funny. But do you know what I mean is that that as a joke could have worn thin if the writing wasn't so good. Mm -hmm. and But also if the performance wasn't so good. Yeah. And yeah, fantastic puppets. Uh, the puppet design is by Abby Clark and Hugh Pervez. Mm -hmm. I, there is no skip song in this one because they're all great. But I do think my best song has to be... <sighs> I think my best song easily has to be We Didn't Make It To Disney. Yeah. Just because it was so much fun and these puppets were utterly brilliant. Mm -hmm. What would you say is your best song? I really liked Unfortunate. I guess stuck in my head a lot. Unfortunate was good. We mm -hmm. haven't talked about that a lot as well, but that... I'm unfortunate. That was a good one. Yeah, that was very good. Is that where we had the Ursula money? Yes. As well. Which we very unsneakily managed to keep a piece of. The set is brilliant as well, because it's like Ursula's cave. Mm -hmm. Like, it's also very, like, vaginal. You know? Yeah, sure. It's like, fits this show brilliantly. Mm -hmm. I would go see this again. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I would want to play, I think, Eric in this. Because I think I'd have a lot of fun being like this whiny idiot boy. Yeah. Although I would really love the chance to work with some of these puppets. Puppets are really cool. But I think everybody except for Ursula got to use a puppet at some point or another. Yeah. Who would you want to play in this? Probably Sebastian. I really like that outfit. I feel like that's a great role. And is you're in like the whole show and then you get to play with the different characters as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. This was a five-star performance for me. Mm -hmm. Like it left me wanting more and it left me wanting to go straight back in and see it again. Yeah. We had the absolute pleasure of bumping into Daniel Fox after the show. And telling him how much we'd enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, again, really lovely to talk to somebody who is very humble as well. You know, here you are with a show returning to the fringe mm -hmm. and a show that is consistently sold out. We were chat chatting to him for a good, like, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And he was just lovely. Yeah, he was just really nice the whole time. Very... Yeah. Cool, up for a chat. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you talk to, like, I, I want to say a celebrity, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
you you feel like you're taking up their time. He was lovely. Oh yeah, absolutely. And every time it felt like we felt we had to wrap the conversation up, he started another conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think you know you can see that he's like a very genuine, nice person in the way it's written as well. Yeah. You know, it's nice to see that in in a a musical theatre personality. Mm-hmm. If this came to London again, I would 100% drop everything to book this. And I think if you ever get a chance to see this show, if it ever does a tour, if it comes near you, you would not be disappointed. Yeah. Even if you're somebody who feels like their Disney is sacred and you don't like parodies of this, I think you'd love it. We took Laurie with us. We went up to Glasgow specifically to, to see Laurie. Yes. And... You can go and listen to our Hannah Montana episode to, to, you know, listen to us talk with Laurie about a film you both love. Mm-hmm. Laurie's day job is a Disney princess. And I was very worried that this would go too far for her. Yeah, me too. But she also loved it. Yeah. So I think that's a really good barometer of if you are somebody who's like, Disney is sacred to me you'll still have a great time with this. Like, mm-hmm. I would say, go to Spotify, listen to Nasty, we didn't make it to Disney, unfortunate female role models to be king. Yeah. You like these. Follow Fat Rascal Theatre on their platforms. Mm-hmm. And then see this show if it comes near you. Yeah. Because it's it's such a great time. You will laugh, you will absolutely cry at Flotsam, Jetsam and Kirsty, but then you'll laugh. And it's just brilliant. So next week, we are going to be talking about another brand new piece of theatre. Mm-hmm. You can go back and listen to last week's episode, but I, I still can't believe this is real. Mm-hmm. I got the chance to speak to Millie O'Connell. Yeah. About the share show and about Six and about Be More Chill. And she was amazing. And I really am so excited to see this brand new show. It's been getting a lot of good reviews as it tours the UK. Do you have a favourite share song? No, I don't think so. You do? I specifically make you listen to the share version of... Fernando. Fernando, but also I prefer share over Meryl Streep for... When it takes it all, yeah. Which I think it's more to do with the like synth. Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> I love Cher's music. Yeah, we've talked about Share with Mamma Mia too. We've talked mm. about Share with Burlesque, but now it's all about. I would watch anything that she was in. But I don't think she's in this. I don't think she's in this, but I'm going to have a great time watching this anyway. Yes, so we will be heading to the new Victoria Theatre in Woking next week to talk about the Share show. If our schedule sticks as we want it to, on the 19th, it will be Batman Day. Mm -hmm. And this is one I've been waiting for for the longest time. Yeah. We are going to do another Star Kid. Batman Um, Week. Yeah, it's Batman Week. So Batman Day is the 17th of September this week or this year. Mm -hmm. But we are going to uh, celebrate that by covering holy musical batman by star kid which i cannot wait 
On the 26th, we will be talking about our latest in our Disney series. Uh, I cannot remember for the life of me right now, I'm on the spot, which Disney film that is. Mm -hmm. And then we will finally get to Thoroughly Modern Millie on the 3rd of October. Yeah. As always, you can get yourself involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. Did you go and see Unfortunate at the Fringe Festival? Did you love it as much as we did? Let us know and get involved in conversation. If you're at Woking or if you've already seen the share show, let us know your thoughts. If you are part of Team Star Kid and you want to discuss Holy Musical Batman with us, that's the platform to do it on. Mm hmm. You can subscribe to us and listen to us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple Podcasts. We're available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on the Amazon Music app under the podcast section of the library. You can find some Stitcher, Good Pods, and our OG hosts, Podbean. And if you like the show, share it with your friends or head over to any of those great platforms on podchaser.com and leave us a five-star review. Mm-hmm. But until next week, where we will turn back time, same bat place, same bat channel. Have a magical musical Monday. <laughs> <laughs>